Benfica Podcast is one of the founding partners or founding projects of Benfica Independent. Uh, BenficaIndependent.com is a site where you can find tons and tons of content. Our podcast included Brinco do Batista, Benfica FM, along with uh, uh, audio uh, recaps uh, of games, a lot of podcasts about modalidade, if that's your thing and you want to keep up uh, with the modalidade, but you really don't have the time uh, on your schedule to watch the Modalidades on BTV. You can now catch the recaps and also Modalidades talk on Befig Independent, along with a lot of uh, uh, opinion articles, uh, all independent, everyone with their own opinion. There's no agenda between uh, Befig uh, Independent. The only thing is that we just want what's best uh, for the club. Uh, Befig Independent is also on Patreon with two levels of support, one at two and one at five. Uh, and I believe the five gets you some uh, free swag. So uh, if you like the content and if you like what's produced on there, uh, please do support us uh, by going to uh, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Befica podcast. I would I would ask what's going on everybody, but I think uh, everyone knows what's going on. It's not pretty. Um, and I was just talking to uh, my, my, my partners in crime here on the podcast. And if there was something that I always look forward to uh, every week was coming uh, on this podcast or, or turning on the mics on this podcast and talking to Fika, that was the highlight of, of uh, my week. And, and yes, you know, maybe I'm a little bit of a, of a, of a nobody or a loser that uh, this is the highlight of my, but, but call it what it is. Uh, right. But certainly um, the latest events, uh, it, it's not encouraging. It's not encouraging, but yet we feel, we find the courage to, uh, to come here and, and, and talk uh, every week because uh, that's what we do. Awesome. Awesome. I, I hope, I hope wherever in the world, please God, please. I hope that there's no one, crossing the bridge, having a bad day, contemplating jumping off and turning this on because the minute they turn this on, they're like, eh, I just want Alfredo, I'm about coming in. Hello, everybody. What's going on? Another podcast. Christian, how are you doing? Dave, how are you doing? You know, let's let's get the greetings out. Let's make it look like we're going to have a good time here because whoever's listening, they jumped off already. They're, they're on their way down to the water right now. I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying that we don't have a good time when we come on here. It's just the subject matter is depressing. Every song. I mean, the greetings should be pleasant. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Befica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasas. With me, as always, Cristiano Oliveira. Cristiano, how's your world going? Ah, uh, bro, just terrible. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? What's going on, guys? I'm glad. Look, man, with, with all the negativity going around, I, I'm, I'm I'm glad to be sitting here once again talking to you guys and. Uh, enjoying the next hour hour and a half uh with with two of my buddies just conversating uh, over a couple of things that we like to talk about that's that's the positive thing 
Dave D'Oliveira, who's exhausted all his sick days for the podcast, <laughs> has no choice but to be here. What's going on, Dave? It's a new year. Uh, we, better start, we better start handing out mental health days for the podcast, too, on top of the, uh, the sick days. But it's good to see that positive Cristiano uh, made an appearance in 2021. I was wondering whether or not that was a 2020 thing, but good to see that he's still positive in 2021. Yeah, bro, the clock resets, Dave. You got another, what is it, 28 sick days. You, you're okay, good. Let's go. Ready to go. <laughs> you might not want to use them. I might want to wait for this uh, month to <laughs> to go by before you could use them. But uh, anyway, here we are on tonight's podcast. This is episode number 392. We're going to go look back at Benfica's game against Santa Clara in São Miguel, uh, the beautiful island of São Miguel, paradisical, if, if I could say that. Um, we're also look ahead to Benfica's next game, which is pushed a day until Friday because of the conditions in uh, São Miguel. Uh, anyway, uh, with you as always, all of us three are, are here. Let's let's get this conversation started. So Benfica traveled. I want, I want to go back to São Miguel. Any truth that São Miguel is a great island to go swimming in? I don't know. I never been. There's plenty of they've got, they've got the uh those hot springs there that you can uh, dip your toe into. Oh, do they? Oh, that's nice. I, I definitely I gotta check it out. Alfredo, bucket list. We need to go to San Miguel. We gotta visit a source, bro. We have to absolutely go visit a source and check out a game over there. What do you think, Alfredo? I bucket I know list. that I'm that I'm allowed. You might not be allowed there. Never. I'm allowed everywhere. I'm allowed. Come on. I I got a I got a green card to go into every country. Every country. Especially Azores. You got your Azores passport ready to go? Absolutely. Timo, take me. Nino, show me around. Dave. I mean, look, I got so many people that will show me a good time in that beautiful island. Um, yeah, it was just sad that their draining system on the football pitch is terrible. <laughs> Besides that, the rest of the island's amazing. Hey, but uh, nah, I'm not going to get into this. Anyway, uh, as I mentioned, the game was supposed to take place on Sunday. Uh, and I got to be honest, as soon as I turned on my TV during the, the, the warmups and I saw the uh, spots of standing water on the field, I said that there's no way they're going to play this game. Uh, and then my other thought was, there's no way Benfica is going to win this game if you have to play in this wet conditions. Uh, it's going to be hard for, for, for both teams, obviously. Uh, but let's uh, go with the lineup and we'll take it from there. Vlako Dimush. Gilberto Ferro, Vertonghen, and Grimaldo, Weigel and Tarapt, Rafa, and Everton, Walshmidt behind Darwin. Uh, Ferro, in Otamendi's absence, got the start. And Cristiano, the, Ferro was the eighth captain uh, this season. Um, and I know that we've had this conversation about uh, who gets selected by captain who's this who's that who the coach feels is is the could be the leader on the on the field i know that vertongen got the the captain's armband when we traveled to belgium is ferro from uh, no but you know what, what ferro is 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 on his way out the door and so now they give you like, uh, you know, they give the captain's armband. And luckily for him, he got to wear it on two different days. Look at that. He's, they like him so much. They gave it to him on two different days. And uh, unfortunately, I just hope all these BS rumors out of Spain are BS because uh, if that is indeed the case, that he is on his way to Valencia, 
that I, I don't know if it's sad or if it's if it's hilarious that you know they, they you know they're giving him the going away present you know let him get the armband uh but federal look he's been there he's been there for a while I, I'm, I'm thinking about other things in my head um and, and and I have to answer this thing about federal but yeah it was look it was good to see a Portuguese guy made and say shall wear the captain's armband um it took half the team to get COVID for him to get the armband um uh, but there's that positive spin yeah the positive spin absolutely look he, he got in there um <laughs> yeah it was good so that so the game five five minutes and fifty six seconds were played on Sunday until the referee realized that this is not going to work and and certainly could have done that uh, before even the teams uh, came out and, and warmed up. Uh, I know being a, a referee, there's certain protocol that you uh, have to follow. But then I'm a youth soccer referee, and on a youth level. Uh, the protocol is that you have to protect the players or young kids, you know, that could get hurt on a professional level that the, the, the rule might be a little bit different, but I think that the, the rule of thumb is that if the ball does not oh, roll, ball has to roll, ball has to roll. And if it doesn't roll, they have to call off the game. Now, I don't know what the referee with the game delegate. I don't know what anybody was thinking when you could have looked at that field, and thought that you'd actually be able to play a game, a professional soccer game in that field. I didn't understand why the hell they even started the game. It's hilarious because I sent out a tweet that the field conditions were pathetic, and the minute I pressed send, the referee pressed, uh, blew the whistle and called off the game, delayed the game to the next day. That There was no way, um, absolutely no way, that that game should have been played in any, under those conditions. Um, I know some people got offended. Look, I, I wasn't offending the island. Nothing against my my my, my Surianos. It was it was about the field. It was about the pitch. The conditions of the field were atrocious, um, and and I think that should be a minimum requirement for any team playing in what we want to call big boy soccer. Right? You know, top six league in the world. Your field conditions should be at least at the bare minimum should have some sort of drainage system, and especially in an island that we all know that rains a lot. Even more reason to have a good draining system. I understand their funds aren't great, but I think the Portuguese league, Liga Nos, has to kick in some money, do something in order not to have what happened, what happened over the weekend against Benfica. Could have happened against Porto, could have happened against Sporting. Injuries could have happened. You know, players just, it's just, there's a whole lot of bad things that could have happened. And I think they need to make sure that stadiums like these in parts of the country that rains a lot, that they have the adequate systems you know uh, available to actually have a professional soccer game now that being said they call it off smart uh i'm glad that the referee or whomever i know that he received a lot of criticism from the other entities you know in, in portugal that it was doing benfica a favor i wonder if they still feel it was a favor after the, the, the atrocious performance by benfica in the 1-1 draw i wonder if they're still uh criticizing the referee for for postponing the game but nonetheless i i really um I felt and I feel, I still feel that it was absolutely the right call uh, for the referee to call it off because there was no way that the game was going to be able to, you weren't going to have a, an adequate game. You were not going to have a football match. It was going to be, and let's see what happens out of this. But I, I, I don't think anyone would have been able um, to play a, a professional game. Even though Santa Clara in those five minutes and, and 90 seconds, or what was it? Not 90 seconds. <laughs> 556. <laughs> Five was see five. It was almost ninety seconds. Five fifty six. They actually had a, a tremendous goal scoring opportunity. They almost won the game in those six minutes. Uh, but uh, Benfica wouldn't have been able to keep up with that. 
Yeah, so the both teams came back. Both uh, th- you're right. Both teams came back the next day to uh, play at the same time in much much better conditions. And uh, for the for the first half, I thought that Benfica played okay. I mean, they were able to get on the scoreboard with uh, with Darwin. Nice combination play between Walshmit, Rafa, uh, and Darwin with the easy tap in. Uh, and then uh, you know Benfica goes into the locker room. And uh, they come back for the second half. And, you know, it's it, it's what we expect because that's been the trend. And it's not only been the trend here with JJ, but there's also we've seen that trend, trend with Rui Vitoria. We've seen this trend um, in Laja's worst period or that second half of, of last season. So it, it's just uh, and I know that th- there's a lot of people uh, ready to um, uh, to criticize JJ and and it's due right it's due, but this is a problem that I feel is going much deeper than just what's going on. There's no fire on this team, uh, you know, lack of leadership. Uh, the fact that Louis Zone came out a couple games ago and had uh, a meeting. Uh, with the team in the middle of the field and, and told them off and, and, and gave them his Benfiquista uh, um, speech, if you will. Uh, the fact that that it was news, um, you know, kind of leaves me scratching my head. Uh, but we have to wonder what is going on with this team um, because there's no fire. These guys get paid handsomely to play a game. To play, to do play, to do something that we all love and we would all gladly do for free. These guys play handsomely to play, and there's no fire, there's no pride. Cristiano, uh, I know that you and I, <laughs> we, we spoke at length uh, a couple of days ago or, or yesterday, whatever it was, or whenever we had time to digest this, this, well, this game. A couple of days ago, because the game hadn't been played yet. You know, that was yesterday. Like, I was like, yeah, some crystal ball stuff. It was yesterday, yesterday, yesterday afternoon or evening, I should say. We had the pleasure of um, venting to one another. It was it was our little our little session. It was our little session, and we 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 got to to get some things out. And I actually felt better, so I appreciate you, man. Thank you very much. Uh, but yeah, things aren't 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 well at the club. I mean, and and Alfredo, the truth is that we could sit here and. We could blame this one and blame that one. It just, it just, it's just a combination. I, I, I don't think there's anything that, at this moment, um, that we can say is going our way. There's just too much negativity surrounding the club from the top to the bottom, and I think that's trickled down to the players. Not making an excuse. I think it's pathetic, uh, but I think it's trickled down, and, and it's affecting the players. It's affecting the coaching staff. Um, Jesus, I, listen, man. You guys, you guys know I'm a JJ lover. I have no shame in admitting that. But, but guys, I gotta be brutal. This, this is not this JJ. What this is? This is not the guy I fell in love with. This is not the guy I wanted to to come back for the last five years that I've been hoping and praying to come back because this guy is a shell of himself. Uh, he, you talking about fire with the players? Where's the fire with the coaching staff? Uh, JJ just, with the exception of of hammering Ferro. No pun intended. All game long, uh, you know, he did nothing else. And and it was, and, and the one thing that I've complained about 
And for those of you that are regular listeners, that are, I, I, so you know I'm not making this up, but I've complained over and over on the Rivitorio, on the Brunelage, which was how in the world does a team with the caliber of players that Benfica has in the Portuguese league, okay, let's pay attention, in the Portuguese league, how, how do they look decent in the first half? They go into the half and they come out and they get absolutely destroyed in the second half by weaker opposition. In the Portuguese league, that should never be allowed. And it happens again over and over now with the new coach. It's now our third coach. And this is happening over and over and over again. So, it's look, I, I, you have to criticize. And I support the guy, but you have to criticize the coaching staff. But there's, there's, there's got to be more to it than just the coaching staff. Because, I mean, we tell them these guys are going into the halftime and sipping on being the Porto like we used to do, Alfredo, in the Lisa League. Like, is that what you're eating orange slices? You know, like, there's got to be some type of tactical uh, tactical change being made. There's got to be some type of, of of sharpening up here and some changes, some touches. And, and there's just – the team comes out. They look lackadaisical. They look like they have no interest in the rest of the game. Santa Clara, to their credit, pressed on uh, they absolutely looked for the goal and they got the goal and by the way for for you aunties and you haters it was, it was a former Benfica player uh that scored against his, his his former club unlike the other teams where the guys make fouls but that's a conversation for another day but um Santa Clara wanted it more than Benfica those players had something to prove they they were not content even after drawing they wanted more and obviously last 10-15 minutes they started wasting time, obviously, which is a pathetic part about, and I keep saying pathetic today. It's the word of the day, pathetic. Uh, it's a pathetic part about Portuguese football with the time wasting and all that. But, you know, they had to to defend a little bit. Benfica tried to put a little pressure, but all Benfica did was just talk about a pali, talk about a paqui. Benfica went the last, what was it, 27 minutes or whatever it was without taking a shot on goal? 30 that, plus, 27 that, plus at a time. How? How? This team has no fire. No attitude. The coaching staff still on vacation in Rio de Janeiro. Um, the players look like they hope they they wish they were in Rio de Janeiro on vacation as well. Nobody looks like they want to be there. The one guy that comes in and plays with that intensity, with that aggressiveness that we've called for over the last couple of weeks is unfortunately he was suspended due to yellow card accumulation. But it's the guy that's mostly criticized by 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 Benfica fans. And I saw tweets over the weekend. You know they're so ecstatic that he wasn't going to be able to piss off players because he wasn't in the lineup, but. Uh, Again, no, nobody plays with that guy. That's the only guy on the team on the field trying to intimidate the opposition and try to get things done. It's just it's just not good. I mean, it really – it's not good. I mean, normally I come out here and and, and I'll make an excuse for for, for, for my boy Tarapt or for my boy JJ. And right now, Tarapt, look, our midfield is atrocious. Let, let's call it what it is. Horrendous. This is the weakest Benfica midfield since, I don't know, prior to the Vietnam era, right? I love Del Tarapt as much as anyone, but the fact is he's not playing well. Whoever you throw alongside, Vigo's played a little bit better than what we're accustomed to, but even he's just not good enough. Our our team is lacking someone that's just going to go in there and wants to destroy. And just, you know, remember Andrade back in the days, the one thing you count on Andrade is football-wise, he gave you nothing. But effort, the guy's going to play from minute one to minute 90, right? And right now, we don't have enough of that on the team. And I know I've criticized the Serbians of the world. Oh, if they try, that's the least they could do. But the fact of the matter is that right now, that's exactly what we need right now. I'm calling for someone to come in with some intensity, some aggressiveness, some heart. There is no heart on this team. Where's these leaders? BZ, I understand, came back from COVID. But where's like, 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 you know, we talked so much about it last week, right? With Luis Zum. 
grabbing these guys by the collar. We needed that again. We needed that again in the second half. You know, you know, how, like in American sports, guys, you can call a timeout, bring in the team for a huddle. We needed one of those huddles from a Louisiana, like just slapping people. <laughs> like we needed one of those. But unfortunately, in soccer, there is no timeouts and, and and there was plenty of rain. So they didn't need a water break uh, to, to get that. Eight, what was that? 80 did the minute. The, the hydration. The, the hydration. Break. Yeah. So uh, we, we didn't get anybody to 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 wake these guys up. It just it's it's not good. It's not good. Now, positive Cristiano is going to tell you um, four points back, uh, 12 games into the season. We still we're not even at the halfway point. I, unlike uh, 99.9% of you guys listening and, and, and you guys here alongside me are not, you know, I believe that JJ is still going to turn this around. Um, I still think he, he has the know-how which is the only thing that I'm positive about is that he has, he knows how to do this. Um, it just, I'm hoping that he wakes up one of these days and he decides to do something about it because besides from that, nothing else is good, but there's still a very long season to go. We're, you know, we're not even halfway and we're only four points behind. So positives, positives. And, and Dave, uh, as Cristiano mentions, JJ, the, the, and his introduction in this ceremony of introduction, where you saw a couple podiums, of uh, the trophies that he had won, including one that had a second place, second place placard. Yeah. Uh, he promised that if we were going to play the triple and that he azar, but the only thing that he has azar is Benfica's hopes and dreams so far. Yeah, but I, I don't know what to, to blame or who to blame, sorry, because like we've mentioned, this is not the third coach that we're seeing these uh, one half performance fantastic. And it kind of kind of gives you uh, now at this point, you're used to it and you got to pause and think to yourself, if I just saw a, a good first half performance, Benfica, you got to kind of prepare yourself for a, a terrible second half performance that's coming up because that's what's uh, that we're that's what we're used to. Now we're in 2021 and this has been happening since 2016, 2017. So. I don't know. Do we have to go find another coach and still expect the same result? Like how many coaches do we have to go through before we realize that there's a, there's a bigger issue at, at play here. I know JJ hasn't been living up to our uh, expectations here, but do we, what's to say things aren't going to change with the the next coach we bring in or the coach after that. Like I've said for a while now, I think the, the problem lies within the, the dressing room and it has to fall on the players. Dave, you know, and I, this is what I spoke to Alfredo about yesterday in, in our little therapy session, right? You know I want to piggyback off that point. You know I want to make an excuse for my boy JJ. You know I want to come up with some some reason as as, as what the hell, just, just to make sure that my boy's not getting any of the blame. But the fact of the matter is this. If I didn't see such a passive... George Jesus on the sideline. I would agree. I would be on that wagon with you, Dave, whipping the horse to run with that, run with that rumor, run with that theory as quick as possible. But the fact I see him just sitting on the sideline, like, eh, eh, like I, I'm with you. There's something wrong in the locker room. There's something greater than the coaching staff, but he needs to confront the issue, he needs to take some of the blame because unless he's going to go into that locker room and change the culture, right, and change what's wrong inside that locker room, 
That's what he was brought here for. So he's going to take some of the blame for me. Absolutely. But I'm with you. I'm hoping that that's not a JJ thing, but I, I need him to, to, to get into the, to the game. I need him to, 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 to act like he wants to be there. And I just don't see that from him right now. So he's, he's a part of the problem as far as I see it. But I, I think, I think you hit it on the head. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. There's this, this club, there's, there's something, there's, there's something wrong with the guys that are running the team from inside out. The fact of the matter is once Shell left and once Louisiana left, the whole culture in the locker room has been turned upside down. That's a fact. But like Alfredo and I were talking about yesterday, when JJ was brought in was to also control that and tame that and take over. And, and he's not doing it. So I have to, again, I have to lay some of the blame on him. And, and, you know, obviously, you know, I don't want to, um, but he's the man in charge. And so man in charge has to take, has to take a hit for it as well. Yeah, and I just mean, a, a counter, just a counter to that, though, Chris. Though, this is this is something that's been brewing for five, six, seven years since JJ left. So, for as long as it's been growing, how much grace period do do we give the the man? It's not like he came in here and started selling off a lot of the key players from previous uh, years as well. I think the I think there is a, a cancer in that locker room, and there's a click in there that's that might be behind a lot of these issues and i don't think we've gotten rid of that that click per se right I, I don't know i i think i think there's there's something there's something wrong there with the, the the core group of players and they have to start dismantling the the core hey i know there's a click and i told you about all you guys right all my personal friends i've told you guys about the click at benfica when i worked with them i saw it firsthand <clears throat> that being said <clears throat> to counter you, right? Because we're playing the little counter game, Alfredo. You can go take, go, go for a walk. Me and David, we'll handle it. Um, to counter your point, real quick, I, I would, I would give that more credence if it was a Bruno Lage, right? A guy that's being brought up from the B team, a guy that doesn't have the resume, that doesn't have the personality, that doesn't, that doesn't have, you know, the JJ attitude, the machismo that he has. The guy that comes in and he's gonna run shit, right? Uh, but that's not JJ. He was brought in here. Because we thought he was going to get rid of those. Can but if not, get rid of those cancers, control them and tame them and put them in their spot and say, yo, okay, Mandaki, so will. And he's not doing that. The fact that those guys in the locker room are still winning leads me to believe JJ's not doing his job. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Either that or the, or the players have the backing of somebody the higher up than the, JJ. Or the players know that. They got full autonomy to do what the hell they want from the top. I get it. But I think in this instance, JJ has the club by the cojones, right? And I think if it really comes down to that, I think he will. Um, he would get rid of some of those people if he had to. I think he'd win that battle. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't listened to the podcast, you we've already said here that uh, there, there's there's a split in the rock locker room of, of players that are not really happy with JJ's arrival, what JJ has brought to this team. Um, so because of his ego, because of the power that he has been given. But here's the thing, right? Um, and yes, and I'm not I don't want to make excuses for, for, for JJ. And you guys all know that I was against him coming, but I'm giving him more time because the friends of of mine and Cristiano included that really thought and still think that he could turn things around. I want to give him more time because of my friends, not for him. But here's the thing. 
regardless of of his coaching, his tactics, his dynamics, we have players on this team that play every game that with their individual talent and quality are able to make the difference in a play or another. They could change games. We have that type of quality in our roster, but not even those guys are saving this team's ass. Everton, for example, where's, where's Everton? Everton right now is, 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 I don't, I, I don't even know how to explain this. I, I almost compared him to Servi, but I don't want to go that far. But where's the guy that could change a game with a dribble or a pass or a shot? It's, it's, I, I don't understand. Vertonghen, I thought Vertonghen and Ferro had a good game. Vertonghen especially, there's a couple a couple tackles that in a couple blocks that he goes on there in extremis, and he's able to to get that. But other than that, um, Tarap has just has just gone from from hero to zero, and I don't know how much of that has to do with that the team around him is horrible. Um, Darwin was interviewed after the game. He said that the team came out of the locker room sleeping. And that there's no passing lanes to, to there's no passing lanes to get the ball, it and it's just he's not the first guy that 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 says that, and it's just I don't know what's going on with this team, but it goes much deeper than just tactics and JJ. The other thing that I want to say about the tactics, and this is a counterpoint to what I've just said, JJ makes substitutions and the substitutions that he makes is not to change the game. The substitution that he makes are to refresh the team. So it's as if the team is playing well, this guy's just tired. I'm going to take him out so we can continue playing well. No, the team is playing bad. Takes Walt Schmidt out, puts Pizzi who hasn't played in, in, in two, three games. Walt Schmidt, who uh, at the time hadn't been playing all that bad. Chiquinho comes in for Tarapt. Ferreira comes in for Everton. Ferreira, a guy that... <laughs> and I understand that there's a shortage of forwards, of course, and, and he's, a, he's a forward. Let's, let, look, let's criticize the guy, but let's be fair. But Two of our strikers got COVID. The other two are starting. Ferreira's on the team. There's no other strikers. So, yeah, look, they had, no out, they had no choice but to use him. Everton, again, I'm not defending James because the game was, the game was horrific, right? But Everton has been playing bad. They don't have the luxury of going into a Serbi to a guy that's his, his natural replacement, right? Or even a PZ, put PZ on one side, move Rafa over to the other side because PZ's coming back from COVID. So, not making an issue, but in this one game, in the, yesterday's game, as far as choice, right? And, and decisions regarding players, he had a little bit of an excuse because everything yesterday had to play. There's there nobody, the other option was, was, was Diogo Salves. Right, it's, yeah, it's it's limited. But he's, he's the right back. Like he didn't have the the, the Freda. I know people are crazy for playing Freda. Who who do you want to play? No, I, I, he's got no, COVID. Perovic, uh, he's got COVID. Uh, you only got four strikers on your team, and a lot of people, the same people that are criticizing, right? Pay attention to this. The same people that are criticizing JJ for having to play a you know uh, doesn't have enough strikers on the team are the same ones that bitched and complained and cried. Because Benfica had Gonzalo Ramos as your fourth option at the beginning of the season. Well, guess what? Gonzalo Ramos got the COVID. Sferovic got COVID. You got two other. Guys. So out of those four, two are out. Thanks to Pau Pau, Alfredo. 
Anda aqui, homem. Vamos ver. Who else did you want to play? No, I, I agree with you that there's limited choices. My whole gripe with JJ is the fact that he does not change the system to combat what he's seeing on the field. Instead of changing the system, if the midfield's not doing well, put another guy in the midfield. Put another guy to stabilize the team in the midfield to defend better. No, what he does is he, he refreshes the positions, but the team is still playing bad. So it's not like it's not like he said, well, I know this system is not working. Let's try something else. I know that Santa Clara, and mind you, Santa Clara is coming off two losses uh, and playing against Benfica. Santa Clara is now in seventh, but at the time they were in eighth. And, and this is a team, and every team that Benfica plays is not afraid to play Benfica because they know that when they press Benfica, the anxiety sets in, their nervousness sets in, and then they could do whatever they want with this Benfica team, which is, it's a shame because I expect to talk like that about power, European powerhouses, not the Basels of the world, not not the Santa Claras, not the Muradins, not the Boavistas, who have only won one game in this championship and it was against Benfica. Look, it goes much deeper than JJ. Does he have blame that he needs to, to accept and take? Absolutely. But also this team and the individual talent needs to be better. We spent almost 100 million euros on new buys and new players. And look, I do understand that the team has been ravaged with COVID. But even without COVID, you have players on the field with enough talent to be able to make the difference against his Minos. Again, I, I have to put it out there because I need you guys to listening, right? I don't want to hear no crap that I'm defending. I'm not defending JJ here, okay? Dave, we got this? I'm not defending JJ here, but the thing that I'm pissed- looking at the subs that he had too. So I hope you're going where. Well, what was, where what were the sub? What were the subs? Dave? Oh, what what were the that, subs? I'm gonna tell you what the the thing that pissed me off the most about yesterday's game. But go ahead, Dave. Where are the subs? Look, this is his this is his bench that he the players that was available on the bench. Samaris for the midfielder, Shikingu in the mid, Diogo Gonzalez, uh, Ferreira, Helton late. Todibo, uh, Nuno Tavares, Pizzi, and Tiago Arujo. So, um, and he used Pizzi, Ferreira, uh, Diogo Gonzalez, and Shikingu. So the only players that weren't used were Samaris, Todibo, uh, Nuno Tavares, and Tiago uh, Arujo. But what 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 was what, what bothered you about that? Because you said I hope it's the same thing. So go ahead, put get get your get your thoughts. No, out. no, I was just gonna say Alfredo. Alfredo was saying that. If there's a problem with the midfield, then bring in another midfielder. But who's he going? Who's JJ going to bring? Is he going to bring brought in some, Sam Adis some Adis? to make a, thir- a three-man midfield? You could have. You could have. You could have brought three-man midfield. Who would you take out? Everton. Uh, yeah. Then you got left. Then you got no left wing, no left mid, nobody on the left. He's just got Grimaldo by himself yeah. up and down that alleyway. Take Walshman out. Let Tarap play a little bit more up. Tarap still, is, still be Tarap part of the midfield. The thing that pissed me off the most about yesterday, and again, I'm not defending JJ, okay? Not uh, JJ. I, I don't know, man. I think I, I think I've broken a record of, 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 of the, the amount of times I've said on this podcast today, today alone, that JJ is at fault and he needs to take accountability. And everybody's 100% correct and criticizing for what the way Benfica is played of late. 100%. That being said, the thing that pissed me off the most yesterday is Benfica is pushing, well, at least acting like they're pushing 
to come away and, and get a late uh, goal to, to, to come away with the three points, uh, you know, in that beautiful island. Um, they get eight minutes of extra time. And you got you got the Chiquinhos, you got the Grimalus of the world. I mean, the, we get a corner in the 97th minute. There's a corner. We cross it. They header it out. Before you know, we're passing the ball back to the goalkeeper. Like, what, what the fuck? What are you guys thinking? Like, we, like, those are things that I don't care who the coach is. That you, as a player, you have to understand the, the moment. You have to understand what's going on around you. You're in the 97th minute, and you're passing the ball back to Vlaco Dimas because you got time. You want to settle? No, you get that ball. And you cross it back. Put it back into a danger zone. Yo, it's wet. There's ponds. There's, there's you know, beautiful rainbows. Maybe the blinds play the defenders and to get an own goal. Like, put the ball back into a dangerous situation. No, we're passing it back. Oh, let's let's, let's create space. Like, I, I'm sorry, guys. And Blanco Limos kicked it out. I, and, and Blanco Limos kicked And then the referee said, you know what? Josh is shaking that stuff. He's there. I'm trying to get these guys. Let's get out of here. But that being said, bro, the players need to understand the situation. You want to say that's JJ? Merry Christmas. Go ahead. But I don't care who the coach is. You as a player need to understand what the hell is going on on the field at that moment. Bro, the clock is winding down. We need a late goal here. The only way we're going to come out is, is we need a late goal. So, okay, they go 198,000 minutes without a shot on goal. Let's pass it back to the goalie. Let's touch it around. By Jose Bonita, outside of the foot, Trivella. Oh, let's see if it skips. How many, how, how many, how many skips can I get the ball back to Vlaco Dimos in? Like, bro, bro, like, again, that's not. A George Jesus problem. That's not a Rui Vitoria problem. That's not a Bruno Lodge problem. That's not a Sven Goran Eriksson problem. I don't care who it is. The players need to understand what the hell is going on. And I think yesterday the players were, they were, again, I think they wanted to be with JJ and Rio and Rio Janeiro on vacation because they, their minds weren't in that game yesterday. Absolutely not. You can't tell me that they were thinking about what was going on around them at that moment because that was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Well, look, when I, when I, Take a step back and, and look at this whole situation. I think that, uh, you know, there's blame that JJ, JJ needs to take. The, the team needs to take a, a tremendous amount of blame, perhaps even more than JJ. I think the front office needs to take a lot of blame. Where's Luis Fiedo? How come he, he, he doesn't show face? How come he doesn't go to the locker room and said, Meus senhores, esta merda acaba aqui hoje. I pay you handsomely during COVID. You never missed the paycheck. We didn't have a reduction of salaries like most teams in the world had. Where's your pride? Where's where's the commitment you've made to this team? That has to come from the principal figure in this club. Because if if the players don't respect JJ and if they're against JJ, they have to obey the boss. Because if if your boss tells you that you got to do this or you're going to be screwed and in all walks of life professionally, if your boss comes up to you and you said, you got to do this or you're out of a job, are you going to say, yeah, yeah, fuck you. I'm going to do whatever I want. Can't compare because. I'm pretty sure your job offer you don't have a contract. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I, I don't have a contract. I'm with you, but it but, can't get rid of them just like that. But like, how many guys have been set aside because they don't want to do what what the pre, what the boss wanted to do? Tarapu was one of them. Look, Luis Vieira needs to remind these guys that they had a poor intern 
risk his life climbing a tree to go get cats out of the tree. You know what I mean? Needs to put things into perspective. We've done everything that you guys have asked of us. And now we need you guys to repay us by at least putting forth a good effort. And we've not seen that <clears throat> from 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 95 percent of the roster. Um, and it's just it's not. Look, yeah. I, I was going to get into something that that Alfredo, I don't, I don't know if I should say this or not, but you've um, you received some messages that that some of the players in the locker room aren't happy, um, you know, and with with jj and this and that and, and it's just i just see a lot of prima donnas a lot of people who if they don't get things their way they're gonna leak things out to the media it's just it's not a pretty sight at, at benfica right now there is a long laundry list of people that we can sit here and point the finger at um but it's 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 going to take more than just a coaching change it's going to take more than just you know a captain armband change and 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 it, it, some people can't see past their hate for certain people, but the fact of the matter is this. Look, we all know that the guy in charge of the club is not who we wanted in charge of the club, right? I've been... A majority hooting, of us. Majority. I've been hooting and hollering about, about the man at the top for Alfredo since I first started doing the podcast with you guys. I remember getting into plenty of arguments and it's just everybody knows we can't... We're not, we're not you know, thrilled. That being said, the fact of the matter is that's that's who won the election, guys. Yeah. You know? No, we're spending way too much time on on you guys. And, and and look, not that not that me and you being synchronized, you know, me, you and Dave being also like synchronized swimmers right over who the president should be not. That's, that's going to change anything on the field because I, I don't think they particularly care about what we think about it. But it's just that's some of the negativity that's surrounding the club everywhere you turn it's just negative negative look we need to face it it is what it is the guy won we didn't like it guess what gentlemen next time in four years when the elections are there again remember don't just go, don't just go vote for a pretty face all right show up all right instead of sitting at home and tweeting about it and facebooking about it whatever the hell you do right get off your ass and go vote because then you know you know maybe 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 things will change, but until then, it, it, look right now. There's nothing we can do. Now I know there's some special assembly assembly. Uh, that's that's too too much above my pay grade, right? But I, I don't know. You need you're gonna need a whole lot of signatures. I'm not sure you're gonna get this. So right now, it's just it, look, man. Let, let's let's just hope yeah. that these guys turn this thing around. Um, it's unfortunate that. We're not allowed into the stadiums because I know a lot of you guys um, would have been able to displeasure, you know, showed some of that, you know, displeasure or, or for those of you that are happy would have been applauding them. But the fact that the matter is that the players at least would have been able to hear you guys. And I know a lot of people would have voiced uh, their unhappiness. And I think it would have made a difference right now. Players come off a terrible performance in the beautiful island of Azores. They land in, in Lisbon. I'm I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen any reports, but I'm pretty sure, you know, there was no no one over there manifesting their 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 their, their displeasure. And I know you can't be out. I get it. There's there's lockdowns and I get it. But, you know, it's just there's nobody, as you said, there's no president. There's nobody taking accountability for it. There's nobody, you know, telling these guys that this shit needs to change. Um, 
Yeah. And maybe players need a wake up call. Let, let's move this along. But I'll, I'll just leave you with this before uh, Dave can go on to his uh, oh, the stats and, and numbers. But last time we heard about the president come down, coming down to the locker room, Lodge said that him and him and the president uh, met and they uh, watched the sea and it was a beautiful day. They went to the beach. They went to the beach. Dave, numbers, man, so we can move on. Uh, this president likes taking long walks to the beach and then seeing lights uh, in the middle of the night. But uh, anyways, um, throw, this was Benfica's 12th game of the, uh, the league so far. And through 12 games of uh, this season, we've got five less points compared to last season. So last season, 33 points, 28 points so far this season. Three, four, three fewer goals compared to last season. 29 scored last year, 26 uh, so far this year. And the uh, big one that uh, we've conceded nine more goals this season through 12 games. So uh, last season, only four conceded through 12, and already this year we're at 13. Yeah. So, I mean, look, in, I, don't, I really don't want to get back to it, but as Cristiano mentioned, and I'm with him, man. The guy won the elections. It is what you, you stuck with him for four years. Now, what you need to do as a fan is you got to hold this guy accountable to the results and, and what we want this team to, to be or this club to be. Um, you know, there's no such thing as uh, you, you know, you, you can't remove him by force. Uh, it is what it is. It doesn't matter that uh, that he didn't that he won the elections. The other guys didn't. It didn't matter that that's not who you wanted. That's who got voted by the popular vote, allegedly. So now you got four <laughs> years that you that you got to put up with. There's no sense about complaining about the elections and and you're an asshole because you voted for Luis Fiera and you wanted this and and here's what you got now because you voted for him. No, there's no sense in having those conversations. The guy won and now that's it. The only thing that you could do as a fan, as a paying member is you got to hold this directive accountable for the moves that they have done. That's the only thing that you can do. You cannot purge him from his position. I guarantee you uh, it will take a lot to purge him off his position. Anyway, uh, let's move on to um, what what election are we talking about here? I don't know if we're talking about Benfica's election or your uh, presidential election. There, well, you can get sidetracked. You know, there, there's guys that said that uh, they wanted the actual physical count of votes uh, because all the counts were done electronically. Uh, but look, I, I don't subscribe to that i mean the guy won and regardless uh it is what it is you know when trump won the elections a lot of us said oh well four years of trump we'll get another chance to vote him vote for somebody in four years uh anyway so it's the same thing with Luis sleep theater uh anyway i i think that you know i kind of don't want to stretch this out more and and but i think that just I think all three parts need to be accountable for, for, for their actions right now, for, for the good of the club and for the future of the club. Because I think that the last th thing we want is to go into another Vietnam because of everything that's, that's been done. Uh, don't forget about the financial aspect of it. Um, Bro, we're lucky. We're lucky. Any listeners from Vietnam because they would get offended because we keep referring no, to them. People, people know what where Vietnam is. Tremendous investment on this team in a year that you didn't make the Champions League, uh, in a year that you sold Ruben Diaz and you made 42 million out of the 65 that he was sold for, whatever, whatever it was. 
and also in a year that you're not sure when you're going to be able to count on those gate receipts, not only gate receipts, but all the merchandising that's sold during game days, all the commercial activities that take place during game days that the club uh, makes revenue off of. So not only do you have a huge, large investment, you got one objective failed, but you also have the fact that you're not going to have, you're not going to be able to count on those gate receipts for quite a bit. And I know the vaccination is taking place in, in Portugal, but we really don't know when they're going to be able to allow crowds in the stadium, let alone a full packed stadium. So anyway, um, Tondela, it comes up next on Friday, started to lose 7 PM local. Dave, what's Tondela up to? Uh, they're currently in 13th position with uh, 12 points from three wins, three draws, six losses, uh, one win in their last uh, six games. Uh, historically, eight wins, one draw, one loss, and the uh, one draw came at the uh, Estadio de Luz last season uh, or last June when uh, we returned from the uh, COVID break there. Yeah, and look, uh, Benfica has a way of of kind of helping out uh, struggling teams. Let's hope that this is not the case. Uh, but certainly, I, I mean, who knows what to expect anymore from this team? And I, I was commenting on a on a group chat that I'm in with with Steve Santos and and Peggy that I'm watching this Benfica and I'm numb. I'm numb. I just I don't have any feelings inside me. Just watching this team, it's not encouraging. Um, so, but again, Tondela will be another team that will look for the blueprint of many other teams that have played Befica this year, try to frustrate Befica, try to hold down in the first half, and then the second half, they'll see what they could do. Well, uh, if Befica doesn't score and doesn't turn this game into an easy game, going down to the wire is not very good for Befica, despite playing at... Um, at Stadio Luz. Um, after that, we'll have Strela D'Amadora for, or, or Strela. I don't think they're called Strela D'Amadora, right? They're called something else now because it was... Just, a, yeah, just, they were, yeah. They were Strela Football Club or, some, or, or something yeah. like that. Um, and that, that game will take uh, place Tuesday, so uh, a week as we re- a week from today as we record this. Um, but uh, let's see, let's see what's going to happen. Dave, Tremendous January uh, month for Benfica. Let's let's go through those fixtures, and I, I want to ask you, Christian, where, where do you see Benfica at the end of January after Dave mentions all these games? Yeah, so we've touched base on the Friday match against Tondela, uh, Tuesday on the 12th against uh, Estrela. Uh, that Friday we play uh, Porto at the Dragao. Uh, then the following Wednesday, we play uh, against Braga for the Tasa de Liga. Uh, that Sunday against Nacional. And then we end the month of January against Sporting at the Avalad on the 31st. And if, we beat, and if we beat Braga in the semifinal of the Tasa Sporting de Liga, or when is that final? When is that? That would it's probably that be weekend. on the Sunday. And then, that, okay, and then the there. Nacional game would have to be uh, rescheduled, I'm assuming. Because that's on the, the they play we play Braga on the twentieth and right now we're scheduled to play Nacional on the twenty fourth. So if the uh, if we win there, I'm assuming that that uh, game on the twenty fourth will be uh, rescheduled. Ah, look, um, as I said before, I, I, I'm I'm still a believer. Um, if if this was 
one of our former coaches, I would absolutely be devastated. I think there's no way he could turn these things around. But I do believe that that, that JJ has the know-how. Um, I don't know if he's got the will, but he's got the know-how. And so I, I don't think all's lost yet. I know some people are not. Uh, and we shouldn't be based on the way we played them the last four times. It's not too optimistic heading into that one particular game against Futebol do Porto. The fact of the matter is we have games prior to that that we have to win. I hope not to come up against a misfortune of playing against a Super Tondela and then against, a, I'm going to call him Strela, against a Super Strela. Um, before we face off against the the, the 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 dragons, which dragons don't even exist. I mean, who comes up with dragons? That's like a little kid's thing. But whatever, that's a story for another day. Um, I, I believe in JJ, man. I believe in JJ, and I, and I think that he's got some pride left in him. Um, I'm pretty sure somebody's gonna get around to him and tell him that, you know, Benfica can't lose five games in a row to Falco Porto, and I think he'll he'll make the the adequate adjustments, and I'm at least I'm hoping so. Um, it's a very tough month. But at the same at the same time, I think if Benfica is able to show up something that they haven't done so since the beginning of the season, uh, that we could come away from this month with obviously our confidence, our spirits, our outlook on the season totally different with good results against Porto, against Sporting. Um, it, it could really turn our season around. And that's what we were kind of hoping for the Supertaza. Benfica come away with a quality uh, game against Porto and turn our things around. Obviously, didn't go our way. And, and it seems like things haven't been picked up ever since. But again, I still have hope um, that, that, you know, this team can do that because I believe in the manager and I believe that he has what it takes. So, you know, not, not, too, not too negative as far as these next, uh, this next month. I should say. Yeah, I'm actually going to save this little clip so we could play at the end of January. See um, how that uh, how that has aged. You got those uh, twi- uh, those tweets that age well. Let's see how your comment uh, it, it will age at the end of January and see if you still feel the same way at the end of January. Lots of important games in January, not only important but against decent opposition. So it, it'll definitely be a test. And look. <laughs> Positive Cristiano here will tell you uh, the past couple seasons we've been uh, eight points down and we've recovered and we've been eight points down. Uh, I mean, we've been eight points up and we've lost. Right. And we've lost. So anything is possible. The only thing for me is that there's a lot of consistency in terms of what Sporting is putting out right now. Even Braga. Braga's playing well. Uh, even Porto, which, I mean, as bad as they play, they find a way to scratch out these games, man. And that's the thing. That's the thing that we don't see in our team. Alfredo, stop. Stop. Sporting plays one game a week. Okay. They get it, the- do, it doesn't matter. You're going to play one game. A, you're going to play the same amount of games a week until February. And in they- February, you're going to be out of the out of the Europa League. Look, I'm not, not, you know, canceling them right i'm not i'm not throwing not them out i'm not canceling them but again it's it's it, they've had a much easier path um so far this season it is what it is they play one game a week these guys are fresh they've been able to to play the same 11 12 13 guys week in week out uh they've been fortunate in that department 
Benfica and Porto have obviously had to play a lot more games, and even Braga, um, the guys get tired. Obviously, COVID's had an effect. Sporting, it was I know at one point had a, had a ton of, of guys infected as well uh, with the COVID, but of late they've been you know obviously things have been flying high for them. I, I think that in games in these classics in these derbies. Empty stadium, full stadium. The pressure is totally different. Sporting does have a team filled with young players, and again, I'm not discrediting them, but you know, show me, show me in a big game like this, and then you, you know, you you, you win a game like that, then I'll be more convinced. And, and please, Sportingistas, do not get offended. Not, not that any Sportingistas listen to us, but do not get offended. Okay, let's just you know, I'm I'm in one of those show me uh, show me phases. Um, as far as the other games, obviously Benfica. Look, we know they're all going to be tough. Braga is going to be tough. Uh, that's 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 the league game. Porto is going to be tough. Uh, to me, the most important one is Porto because not just of you know it being a regular season game, right? And right now Benfica is level. Porto at twenty eight points. We're we're in third due to goal differential. Uh, but it's it's one of those games that we've talked about so much regarding even the Tasa Portugal, uh, Super Tasa, I should say, which is a statement game. This is the type of game that Benfica absolutely has to show up for, and. You know, with their performance, with their attitude. Alfredo, you talked about earlier today that when you play against Bifica, everybody just, just comes in with ease and just does what the hell they want. And it's going to be in games like this that you change your attitude, not just in your locker room, but you change the perspective from the opposition when you show up to a game like this against Fulcro Porto and you do what you have to do in order to come away with the three points. And then maybe then the, the opposition will give you more respect. You yourself will start believing in yourself. There's just so much more at stake than just three points in a game like that. And again, I know we have two games to play before that game. Um, and I hope that, that Benfica is not looking ahead. And normally when teams look ahead, they slip up. And I don't think we can slip up. I mean, we've been slipping up every week, right? Um, so it won't be nothing new. But I hope that they're able to come away uh, with the victory against against Tondela. We don't play a super Tondela. Um, JJ slaps a couple guys around. These guys wake up, and obviously, they've, they've you know, hopefully, they've read some of these negative comments throughout the Portuguese media and seen some of the videos and and listen to this podcast, listen to FM, listen to Independent, and understand that the Benfica world is not happy at the moment. And some of these guys have pride in them, and they show up and and then come into that all important game, and Benfica handles their business because that's really what it's about. It's about that one game. That one game in the middle of the month will dictate how the rest of your month will go. So it's going to be ultra important that Benfica handles their business prior to Futebol do Porto. But at the same time, when they come into that game, it's at the Dragão, a game that last year they got absolutely handled, manhandled. They need to flip the script. Benfica needs to come in, and George Jesus has to find a way to come up with the tactical awareness, the tactical system to, to get his players in the best position possible. And the players themselves need to bring the effort. And that game, I believe, will dictate how the rest of the month goes. You keep trying to convince yourself. I don't think that we have it in us to uh, beat the Porto, to be honest with you. No, we just uh, don't. But you're right. But but that game could could be a pivotal moment in the season. It has it has the makings to be a pivot a pivotal moment of the season if the team wants it. That's the thing because if the team doesn't want it, if there's no fire, it doesn't matter. JJ could yell and scream all he wants in the sideline. Nothing is going to happen if the team doesn't want it. So it's got to come the team. It it tests the team. Where's this team's attitude anyway? Uh, word out of uh, Brazil is that Lucas Vrissim has signed for Benfica 6.5 million. However, he will not be able, according to 
the reports that are Brazil and uh, Santos's uh, president, uh, you will not join Benfica until after the the final of the Libertadores. Um, the Libertadores, who, by the way, uh, one of the semifinals is being played or was played tonight. The other one involving Santos and Boca will be played uh, tomorrow. The final of the Libertadores is on the 23rd and, and the semifinals are two-legged affair. So we still got a little bit to go before they play that final. But if uh, Santos does go to the final, Lucas Vissim will not join uh, Benfica until after the 23rd of January. Uh, so an all-important uh, moment for uh, an all-important month for Benfica without uh, the big signing that everybody's hoping could steady this defense. Um, I think that's all we have. What are they going to do? Enough. They're going to go to three five two Alfredo when they get them. I don't know. And of course, I just wanted to throw out there if you follow I, me I, on Twitter. In the end of September, you would have known Brisbane was coming in January because I think I. Yeah, I I don't know if um, if he'll and, go to three five two. He has used the three five two earlier in his career. He has used that. But here's here's the thing, and and Cristiano and I were talking about this. Brisbane comes in. Who's he going to sit? Is yeah. he going to send Otamendi? Is he going to play Vertonghen? Vertonghen sure as hell is not going to be able to play left back. I could tell you that much. So what's yeah, going to happen? Play left back. Let's just say he said, you know, because Vertonghen has played left back, right? And let's say he does. Then what do you do with Grimaldo? Hey, yeah. My only thing is that... He, on the right. You know what? I put Vertonghen on the right and tells Gilberto to go walk walk the cows. Yeah, poor Gilberto. I hope uh, he's doing well. Yeah, I hope he, Gilberto is doing well, and I hope that he recovers quick from uh, from yeah. that knock he took on yeah. on his head. Anyway, uh, next week we'll be back, and um, we'll um, we'll discuss this uh, this Tondela game, and we'll also discuss Estrela. Um, I haven't figured out whether we're going to do it Tuesday night or Wednesday after the Portuguese Cup game, so we'll we'll stay tuned, and we'll uh, we'll announce that. Happy New Year, everyone! Oh yeah, yeah yeah. You started the podcast suicidal mode that you we forgot all about the, the, the greetings. Yeah, happy new year, fellas. And and ladies, gals, fellas, guys, what's up? That's all that good stuff. Yeah. I'm I was hoping that the new year could turn a a new page, but uh maybe that's why I didn't wish people a happy new year because I still feel that I'm stuck in 2020 with this Benfica team. Anyway, 10 CO10. 87DO87 at Befica Podcast is where you can find us on, on Twitter. BeficaPodcast.com is where you can find all the all our episodes. Also on Anchor, uh, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, iTunes, so on and so forth. For Take care. You, for those of you listening, we, we appreciate your support. And we want to apologize in advance for, for, for you know our low energy and, and our negativity. But right the now, apology should have came at the end. Uh, you're apologizing in, in advance. You should have done that in the beginning. Apologize. Uh, <laughs> I believe that people check us out to the very last second of this. Or, or you should have said, I, I would like to retroactively apologize for the low energy and the negativity that you've just heard in these past hour or so. Things will get better. Things will get better. It, you know, it's it's been a very draining 24 hours. Yesterday after the game was really rough. 24 hours. I wish it was only 24 hours. It's been like 24 months. It feels like things will get better. Whatever. But after every game, Dave, it's like you know, salt in the wound. Like you know what I mean? Like you just when you think that you could pull off the band aid, ah, here comes some. You know what I mean? That's that's what I. That's why I'm referring to 24 hours, Dave. That 
just, you know, you have hope going into every game and, you know, this thing will be turned around and, and then here comes the, the salt. And that's yeah. why I'm things will get better. And the New York Knicks will tell you that. Take care, everyone. Bye.